When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The FT. Hello and welcome to the Arts Podcast. I'm Jan Daly, the FT's Arts Editor, and today we're turning our attention to the Edinburgh Festival, the world's largest cultural festival. In fact, the Edinburgh Festival is really a collection of different festivals that happen across the Scottish capital every year throughout the month of August. There's the Stately International Festival and the so-called Fringe Festival, which is a more unruly, sprawling affair with a reputation for experimental theatre and bawdy stand-up. There's also an acclaimed books festival, as well as an art festival and even a festival of spirituality and peace. Edinburgh in August has every kind of music, theatre, comedy, dance and children's show under the sun, but for now we'll focus our attention on its theatrical offerings. So we'll be looking at things like, are Edinburgh Festival plays different? How important is the festival in developing productions and launching careers? And what are the hottest tickets this year? With me to discuss this are Ian Shuttleworth, FT's theatre critic, and Matt Truman, theatre blogger and critic for Time Out. Let's turn first to the International Festival. Founded in 1947, it rose out of the ashes of the Second World War to provide, quote, a platform for the flowering of the human spirit. Its programme features classical and contemporary music, dance, theatre, opera and visual art from all over the world. And unlike the Fringe, the International Festival is curated. It has a director and an annual theme and artists participate by invitation only. So, Ian, what do you make of this year's programme at the EIF and how does it compare to previous years? Well, you say the, the International Festival has an annual theme. That's a comparative innovation under the under the current director, Jonathan Mills. Um, his predecessor, Brian McMaster, was sometimes criticised, sometimes fairly, for tending to invite, as it were, the usual suspects. Jonathan Mills has has tried to break out of that, but this year in particular, I think, he's um, he's too tightly enthralled to his theme, which is, broadly speaking, that of the Orient and East Asia. Certainly the entire theatrical programme, which is, numerically, it's it's very thin. We have, uh, we have a couple of East Asian Shakespeare's, uh, Tim Supple's two-part adaptation of The Thousand and One Nights, a Haruki Murakami adaptation. That's about the size of it, and all very, very tightly focused in. You know, if... If you're not interested in, in Orientalism, either by way of easy exotica or, or in terms of rigorous mould-breaking, then there's not really going to be a lot around for you um, on this year's International Festival, I'm afraid. Matt, what do you think's missing that, that you might have seen in previous years? Well, I think the, um, the thing that's always excited me about the International Festival is getting the chance to see one of the world's greatest companies. I mean, last year we had Elevator Repair Service and the Worcester Group, both of whom you know, just don't come to this country that often. And it was a real treat to go in and, and see them. I think if you compare it to to something like Lyft, London International Festival of Theatre, which happened last year, which also took us this central theme uh, looking eastwards, um, 
you just lack that sense of diversity, something to balance it out, something to make it global, to integrate the conversation, I think, this year. And also we've become perhaps lazily accustomed to a new Scottish play, haven't we, most years? This is true. I think... um, I mean, I've been going to the Fringe for, this will be my seventh year, so I miss the the Anthony Nielsen sort of couple um, that were middle of the last decade. And you just always felt there was something really urgent about that, and it really gave a a home to something and and placed it on an international stage. To an extent, though, that's... That's less urgent in terms of of the international festival now that the National Theatre of Scotland is a year-round institution in the country, that um, there is a a regular level of programming which is receiving UK national and international attention um, without necessarily needing this particular um, August window to raise itself. Although that said, of course, the NTS maintains its, its presence on the fringe this year. And there's the uh, the Made in Scotland uh, sort of showcase, which is doing for Scottish work what the British Council might be doing for UK work. Well, let's turn then to the fringe, where the pickings are almost, um, well, very far from thin. In fact, they're almost too large. The fringe programme is like a small telephone directory, and the fringe can be quite a daunting experience. It began in 1947, when a handful of companies that hadn't been invited to appear in the inaugural Edinburgh International Festival decided they would perform anyway. And since then, it's become the largest arts festival in the world, with shows taking place all over the city in established theatres as well as ad hoc spaces in churches, pubs, buses, people's flats, anywhere, basically, that you can find a space, you will find something being performed during the Edinburgh Fringe. And it is indeed a crucible for talent. Earlier, I spoke to the playwright Zinni Harris, whose play The Wheel will premiere at the Travis Theatre, one of the key fringe venues, this year. Her first play, By Many Wound, was commissioned by the Travers, and her next play, Further Than the Furthest Thing, was staged there and won a Fringe First Award before transferring to the National Theatre in London in 2001, making her, at just 27, the youngest ever playwright to have a full production put on there. I started by asking Zinni how important the Fringe has been for her as a playwright. I think the Fringe has been terrifically important. My association with it started way back when I was in the sixth form at school. I brought a, a Christina Reed play up to the festival, so obviously that wasn't me as a playwright, but just as a sort of artist and theatre practitioner. I had an advantage in that my parents have always lived in Edinburgh, so we had a house everyone could tumble into. Um, and then through university, I often brought shows up. Then um, when I started to write, I put on my very first play, Milady Malad. Uh, in a sort of amateur capacity on at, at the festival, and then starting to work professionally, have had many shows on at the Travers. And I think, I mean, I think it's a sort of lovely combination. Not only is the atmosphere great, but there is everything from you know the person putting on their very first play, as I was once, to people you know quite established in their career coming with the resources of the National Theatre behind them, and and somehow in the sort of kind of hodgepodge, good work does rise to the surface and is seen and the interest and, and further life that that can give to shows is, is fantastic. I mean, you know, it was 11 years ago that Further and the Furthest Thing was on at the festival and it just absolutely launched my career. Tell me a bit about The Wheel. So uh, there's lots of things explored in The Wheel, but the story is of a woman and a child who walk all the way around the world trying to find the child's father. 
them when they get back to the beginning, and they've walked through many sort of time zones and war zones, the woman realises that the child has transformed and by the end has become someone that she kind of doesn't recognise anymore and is, I mean, loathe words, use the word evil, but certainly commits fairly atrocious acts. So it kind of is asking the question, is the outcome of a child predetermined or is it what we do to them? Well, I'm much looking forward to it. Um, and finally, have you got any advice for young playwrights or producers or, or actors, indeed, who want to tackle the fringe? Um, what does well at the fringe is sometimes quite particular. One of the things that I'm sort of quite aware of, you know, in putting a big, serious piece of drama in, in the festival is that sometimes people don't have the stomach for it at sort of 10 in the morning. You have to kind of have a awareness of um, the fact that the fringe viewer is going to be seeing a lot of shows in the day is you know what, what time of day they're going to be watching it whether they're going to want to sit down for two and a half hours or whether they're actually going to want sort of something that's going to hit them quicker and be an hour and then they can be back in the bar and on to the next show so in a sense there's sort of parameters which don't operate for normal theatre where things do sort of tend to stand alone a bit but I mean I think there still is the space for you know the kind of the unknown writer to come up with something brilliant and everyone to be very excited about it and um you know for it to really catapult people into sort of serious careers well matt you heard zinni talking about the fringe as a place to discover new talent and how that worked for her as a critic as a theater goer as an as an expert um but also just as somebody who enjoys theater do you think it's a great you know an important place to to find new talent absolutely i think um the very fact that it's uncurated means that anyone can take any any show, they just have to have a bit of self-belief, somehow cobble together the cash, and it is getting increasingly expensive, I think, to, uh, to get a show up there. But it places you on a stage, on a platform, a vast platform, that uh, you're sharing with the big boys, you're sharing with those companies at the Traverse, and critics and producers and promoters are out to find something new, something a bit different, something that no one's come across before. Um, there was a, uh, one that really sticks in my mind is um, Little Bulb, who four years ago, two-thirds of the way through the festival, hadn't really had a review, had not had a sniff. And then the Scotsman went into this unknown little venue just off the Royal Mile, gave the show a five-star uh, review, and four years later they've just done a four-week run, I think, at the Soho Theatre. Um, and they're a cracking little company that, without the Edinburgh Fringe, would have pretty much gone unnoticed. Part of the rise of Little Bulb as well was that in the interim, they were then picked up by um, the Forest Fringe, which is a semi-curated part of this non-curated festival. The Forest Fringe is, to an extent... Um, uh, the continuation of, of London's BAC venue or its policies by other means. It's very, very much left field scratch, unorthodox, even by the standards of the Edinburgh Fringe, where there is no such thing as orthodoxy. It's it's very much the... the this sounds rather like a contradiction in terms of... It's very much the place to go if you want to avoid the usual places to go. Um, you're almost certain to be surprised and delighted there to a much greater and more eclectic extent than uh, many of the more conventional venues, certainly the big four venue empires, which are all more or less across the road from Forest Fringe's premises. And fringe plays are rather different. They tend to be shorter. For some of the reasons Zinni told us, we don't necessarily want to see three acts at um, 10 o'clock in the morning. 
but that probably causes some problems if they're going to transfer to more conventional sort of evening slots or come to London. Um, so presumably most companies, if they start on the fringe, they actually make different work for the transfer. Is that how it works? I think a fair amount of work at Edinburgh will transfer elsewhere. Often you get double bills, um, people sort of hoarding up a couple of shows that fit together quite nicely that then can come down as a package. You get collaborations between certain companies. Um, I think it can when it gets down to London, lose some of the impact, partly because it's got the hype behind it and partly because up at the fringe, an hour can sort of mask. You can get get by over an hour without exposing yourself as an artist, without falling into potholes that you may have tripped up on on a three-hour show. Um, and it can get down here and feel a bit slight, feel a bit whimsical often, where at the fringe there's much more of a sense of just grab something, consume it, and then move on. There's a 50-minute itch. <laughs> <laughs> there's, the, the, there's much more chance to decompress in London where you're only mm. seeing one show a night. I, I, I tend to approach my Edinburgh Fringe going the way the, um, the, way the British Department of Health encourages to approach uh, fruit and veg. I think five a day is the policy to adopt. <laughs> but that, that can lead to a certain skewed perspective. I remember... In, in my earlier days, when I was uh, working in Edinburgh for another paper, the uh, the London team used to regularly look at the the rave reviews we would send down for shows that, that involved a Hungarian woman trapped in a perspex box for 40 minutes, and they would dismiss these as the Edinburgh Bends. And it, it's, it's very easy to succumb to the Edinburgh Bends. It, it, it's quite a euphoric experience, in fact, while you're under. The Traverse Theatre, which we've already mentioned a couple of times, is a very important part of the Fringe. Dominic Hill's last year as Artistic Director, I think, is is this year. And is is it a place where you've regularly seen the good work or the best work, or is it just one of many? For me, it sort of becomes a miniature version of the International Festival in a funny sort of way, because it's it feels curated... Um, and you get companies that rise up through the ranks of the Fringe and finally land at the Traverse. Entrede Hood, are a Belgian company who did exactly that. Their first show five years ago at the Fringe was in sea venues, and uh, it was a small five, ten-minute affair, and then the next year, suddenly, they were at the, fr- at the Traverse, having made such a big splash. Exactly, yes. The, the Traverse in the consciousness of, as it were, fringe aficionados, does tend to um, almost straddle the fringe in the international festival, although technically it's part of the fringe. And to an extent, this year's programme is slightly prey to, um, to that usual suspects phenomenon again. It's a very, very strong programme. NTS are there, two plays by David Gregg, which will keep me happy. I love him as a writer. David Harrower, Zinni Harris... Gridan, wonderful Scottish company renowned for site-specific work, doing uh, doing a piece under the Travis Aegis in in the medical school. It's it's terrific, but there's not a huge amount there that's unexpected or exciting. There is, of course, this this great um, collaboration of the Marks, where Mr. Ravenhill, the writer, meets Mr. Almond, the chanteur, uh, in this Ten Plagues show. That I think is is probably the the highlight of the Travis program at the moment. Does does each year tend to have some kind of personality? I mean, does it change much year to year? I know that it 
simply gets bigger year year on year virtually. But any other particular sort of ups and downs that you can chart? It generally becomes apparent as you go along. And you charge headfirst into this mass of shows, this huge programme that's got something like 2,500-odd shows in there. and You just grab things. And then about two weeks in, you start to notice itches, the same themes popping up time and again. I mean, there's a couple of shows on, on binge drinking, I noticed, just that you can sort of pick out from the programme. But then some something tends to just light up in the middle. We've had big interactive work coming through in the last couple of years and that's become sort of it gets a torch paper and that just goes yes indeed we may spend a lot of time as we're chasing each other's tails and and looking for a sensation to be astounded by i also stat freak that i am tend to tend to start number crunching and just a a cursory look through this year's fringe program reveals um macbeth the usual favorite of which there are several down to two productions. Sarah Kane, a more recent flavour. No work of hers at all that I can see this year. The most popular productions this year in terms of numbers, three each, The Tempest and the comedy musical Nonsense. Where did that come from? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Ian's told us a little bit about what he's looking forward to. Matt, have you got anything that you've already identified as a a highlight? Well, I think... um this company, this Belgian company, Entraide Heard, they've got a show called Audience this year. In the past few years, they've really sort of stuck a thumb into the problems of theatre and prized them open. They've made work with teenagers in the past and then responded to criticisms of that work with a second show two years later. And I think this year, they're pointing a camera at us to explore exactly what it means to be in an audience. Um, On a younger scale, two companies that have come sort of, again, lit that that torch paper at the fringe. One is 1927, who, again, five years ago, I think, um, turned up with the show called Between the Devil and the Deep Blue Sea. They mix live action with animation and somehow fuse the two together very wittily. Uh, It's often quite piquant. And um, they've got a show this year called The Animals and Children Took to the Streets at the Pleasance Courtyard. Uh, It had a run in December at the Battersea Arts Centre, it's part of the British Council showcase, and it's really remarkable because it's got uh, it's got quite a political impetus behind it, which was sort of unexpected. The other artist is um, it's called Bryony Kimmings, who is doing a show called Seven Day Drunk. Uh, she was at the Fringe last year, won the Total Theatre Emerging Artist Award for a show called Sex Idiot, which was about getting a sexually transmitted disease and uh, working your way through ex-partners. I didn't go for it, but there's no doubt she's quite a a remarkable performer with quite a distinctive voice. This year she's spent seven days drunk and she's made a show in the process. It's also worth um, pointing out, while we're bigging up particular particular aspects and particular places to look, I think in terms of venues, um, I'd very much like to draw your attention to uh, Remarkable Arts at St George's West. In the last decade, there had been a fine venue called Aurora Nova, which specialised in international work, largely uh, visual and physical. Unfortunately, Aurora Nova went under a few years ago, but uh, Wolfgang Hoffmann, who founded that venue, is now bringing work to this new space at St George's West, which it's 
it's a remarkably eclectic program. It includes, as I say, this 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 German work. It's got strangely a German adaptation of of a play called Danny and the Deep Blue Sea, which is something of a fringe uh, workhorse. We've got a new work by David Leddy, which is wonderful. The acclaimed one million tiny plays about Britain, which was seen in Glasgow last year. There's a whole load of of stuff in here that. I think if you if you simply wanted to take a punt on work that again was was off the beaten track of the main venue empires, then you could do a lot worse than head off Prince's Street to St George's West. Well, that's all we have time for. We're going to have to do a lot of sleeping before we get to Edinburgh and see all this all these plays. Thanks to my studio guests, Matt Truman and Ian Shuttleworth, and thanks to you all for listening. The Arts Podcast was produced by Griselda Murray Brown. Goodbye. For more downloads, go to ft.com forward slash podcasts.